0: The press box here. Wade Neely sitting in the saddle. So good to be with you guys here from Citizen Headquarters, where it has been a busy day. It's been a busy week. Honestly, it's been a busy month for us here at PCL. But big wheels keep on turning. So glad that you guys uh, are with us. We've got a great show on hand here today. None other than our very good friend and uh, colleague, our good pal, Mr. Chris Bledsoe. Will stop by the studio. We had a great chat with Chris talking all things about the start of high school basketball. We talk about all four of our area programs, the Giles County Lady Bobcats, the Richland Lady Raiders, and then the Bobcats and Raiders as well. So you're going to want to stick around for that. And then at the end of that segment, we obviously discuss the biggest topic of the week, Giles County, the Bobcats march on, and they march to the third round of the TWSWA 3A playoffs. Third straight season that the Bobcats will play a quarterfinal game. Last year, they were fortunate enough, thanks to the schedule makers, they were able to get that game at the Brickyard. This year, however, they're going to have to travel due to that Maryville rule. So Giles County hits the road. They go to undefeated Miggs County. We'll talk plenty with Chris about that, and then we'll get you our details about our broadcast coming up at the end. But real quickly, going back to last week, we have to mention Uh, What went down last Friday night at Giles County, 70 to 29, as Giles County absolutely boat races McMinn Central. And McMinn Central is a good football team, folks. If you listen to our broadcast, we hopefully painted uh, an accurate depiction there because Giles County just flat out played phenomenal. Uh, Every drive but two ended with a score, whether it was a field goal or a touchdown, and even got a safety thrown in there. So 70 points for GCHS in that big win last week. And uh, really, really a dominant performance. A lot of folks in the community are asking, how in the world did Giles put up 70? Was McMinn not that great? Is Giles County that good? And kind of like everything, it's kind of somewhere in the middle. And uh, so, Chris and I will dive into that a little bit later. But we got to give a shout out to our main man, Kamari Turner. I nominated him for our Main Street Preps Player of the Week. And why not, folks? All Kamari did, all he did was uh, just torch, I mean, torch. McMinn Central here, and as uh, KT just ran rough shot through the uh, defense there for the Chargers, he had over 100 yards on the ground rushing with three touchdowns. He had 181 yards receiving with two touchdowns, so five total TDs for Kamari. He had a 65-yard kickoff return, and he had a defensive interception. This guy, its his final. it was his final game in a Bobcat uniform at Sam Davis Park and whoo, he sent the home team out with a show. Uh, so no doubt about it, he was my nominee, uh, and what a performance. X. Randolph also had a great game on the ground for Giles County. He had two touchdowns, close to 100 yards. Johnny Jackson had over 250 yards, passing 16 of 21. Uh, playing at a high level are these Bobcats. So uh, we'll break down GCHS a little bit more. Other topics I want to get into, by the time this show uh, it's coming out. It'll be Thursday. It will be the start, uh, at least, of our area squads of high school basketball. Richland is on the road at Eagleville, and Giles County is hosting Shelbyville. And uh, we will have two broadcasts on Thursday. PCL, I'll be bringing you the Giles County Shelbyville game inside the Harden Mayfield Gymnasium. We will not be covering the Richland game tomorrow night because we're going to do a special final broadcast to cap off kind of our middle, C- uh, middle school rivalry series. We're going to be down in Elkton as the Elks are set to host the Wildcats and Minor Hill. Mark Mize will have your broadcast there. So two big matchups. But to make it up, uh, we're going a little peace offering. We're going to be covering the Richland game on Saturday as the Lady Raiders head over to Lawrence County. And they will tackle Spring Hill in a neutral site contest. Other big items I want to shout out before we get out of here. Saturday, it's going to be UT Southern in a massive, massive soccer match out at Grissom Pitch. Still playing soccer, and what that means is we're down to the nitty-gritty. And how about this? 20 straight seasons, 20 in a row, that the Firehawks have now made the NAI National Tournament. Head coach Will Austin, the ladies did suffer an upset loss in the SSAC semifinals. They lost 1-0 to Life University. Life then goes on to lose to William Carey in the championship. But uh, the Firehawks did get that at-large bid. They're right in prime position. They got the 12 seed, and they have Oklahoma Wesleyan coming in on Saturday. Kickoff is set for 1 p.m. If you have ever thought about going to check out high-level soccer, this is as good as it's going to get. It's a national tournament game. The Firehawks are hungry coming off that upset loss. uh, It'll be fun, and I'm excited uh, to check that out on Saturday. So make sure you do all that. Also, other items of note, I got to give a shout-out to my guy Carter Kelly as the GCHS hard-throwing left-handed pitcher and really good left-handed batter. Uh, He signed and made it official last uh, week, signing to the University of Georgia. He's going to go pitch for the Bulldogs. I was on hand at the ceremony. Shout-out to Carter and uh, head coach Justin Hill. Those guys uh, continue to be top-notch folks, and it was great. It was so fun. It's really what we kind of love to see here at the Pulaski Citizen. Our brightest and our best going on to do even bigger and better things. And we certainly wish Carter all the best uh, in a Georgia uniform. I know some people may not uh, be so hot about uh, the prospect of a local guy playing for the Bulldogs, but uh, uh, humorous for a little bit, folks, because that's a big-time achievement. And then, obviously, we wish them all the best on the baseball diamond coming up this year. Before we close and get into our interview with Chris Bledsoe, also in the Citizen this week, you can check out a feature column. I finally was able to uh, rattle my brain and get all the uh, remaining uh, particles firing there as I have a full breakdown from London. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had the fortunate pleasure of crossing the pond and uh, going to the Tennessee Titans game, doing some work for them, and then also doing some work for Main Street Media. So have a blog, as it were. It's a column from the Press Box uh 1,500 words in length, they don't let me write these things too often, so when we do, I got to really just uh, get my money's worth, so uh, fantastic stuff there, I hope you guys check it out, hope you enjoy it, and then uh, coming up on the other side of this break, we are going to take a quick time out, Chris Bledsoe, part of our broadcast team here with Pulaski Citizen Live, he's a former Bobcat basketball legend, he's a uh, man of many talents, he's a high school and middle school basketball official. But on Friday nights, he's just my bud. We just get to hang out, and we get to call Bobcat football games, and we have got a massive segment coming up with you. So without further ado, we're going to take a timeout, and Chris Bledsoe from PCL will be on the other side of it. We'll be back right after this. You are watching From the Press Box with Wade Neely. He shoots, and he scores! welcome back we come to you here from citizen hq another episode of from the press box and this has been a long awaited (laughs) i mean long awaited highly anticipated segment we've actually been delaying it for a few weeks but our good friend pcl colleague mr chris bledsoe is in the house partner
1: how you doing my man man it's good to be here i'm super excited Uh, i've been watching it all all year long just kind of waiting and on my moment on the opportunity I think I've got a face that was made for radio, as uh, so I don't know how well the, <laughs> Both video, part
0: the video is going
1: to go. we super
0: excited to be here, man. To be we a part we of it. are pumped and we're thrilled. Uh, we are deep into the high school football playoff scene as Giles County is in the quarterfinals. We're going to talk a lot about that throughout this segment, but also uh, as that season comes toward its end, uh, hopefully in a few more weeks, basketball season is just getting tipped off. We've already had a couple of broadcasts on Pulaski Citizen Live at the middle school level. And this show uh, coming out on Thursday, Richland is at Eagleville tonight and Giles County is hosting Shelbyville. Can you believe the high school? You've already even got a referee assignment or two for the (laughs) high school squads under your belt. Uh, High school hoop season is
1: upon us, partner. Man, it's kind of crazy how quickly it all kind of comes into play and how quickly things get rolling. Uh, You know, you look at middle school ball started a few weeks ago and then you kind of trickle into – high school season. I had an opportunity to work a couple of play days um, a few weeks ago and uh, even last Saturday. Then last night I had my first high school uh, assignment of this 2024 season. So it's just, it's, it happens really quickly and then it always seems so fast mm-hmm. here in Giles County because we've been spoiled if you will with a football program that plays late into November so it just it's really seems like it just kind of sneaks up on you but super excited to be a part of um, Basketball on a lot of levels uh, to say the least and just kind of getting that season going and Getting a chance to watch some of the R- Lady Raiders. Uh, I even had a chance to see them in camp a couple of weeks ago uh-huh. uh, over there in Linville um, also had a chance to see the Lady Bobcats, uh, so again, two programs that are young, youthful, but a lot of talent there. Uh, hadn't had a chance to see the uh, – actually, I did. Hadn't had a chance to see Giles County boys uh, as far as campers are concerned, but mm-hmm. I did even see the Richland Raiders last Saturday uh, over in Lawrence County, So and they looked extremely well, almost mid-season form already. Yeah. Uh, so just it's good to be able to see our local schools competing and uh, competing at a high level.
0: Yeah, we kind of get rolling. We're right in the thick of things, and we've got a full schedule for you guys. Stay tuned. We'll uh, drop all the games that we're going to be covering. Uh, We're trying to get to as many as we can. We'll do a doubleheader on Thursday night. Final few middle school games, we're going to make sure we sneak those in, but then we'll really crank up the high school action uh, this week, later this week, and next week. Um, So let's kind of just dive right in with basketball. I just wanted to uh, get your initial thoughts. We'll start with our ladies programs. There's a it's kind of a tale of two programs. We know that the Richland Lady Raiders year in, year out, they are so durable. They're so consistent. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts on them. And then we'll also touch on Giles County uh, under a new regime, Coach Steger coming in uh, from Alabama. So let's start with Richland. Um, haven't had a chance to see them and just know what we know about them. What what are, impresses you or what stands out to you, I guess, for the Lady Raiders of Richland?
1: Uh, well, number one, they, they defend at a high level. Uh, and, they are, de- there's so much of them, is – so much is demanded of them. Coach, anybody that knows Coach Chad Hall knows he coaches at a very high level and he demands a lot out of his ladies uh, and they respond really well. And I uh, had a chance, like I said, to see him a couple weeks ago and they did a terrific job of just trying to execute each play. He talks about that consistently about possession, possession, possession. Each possession is your next biggest possession. Yeah. So you got to take care of it. I um, had a chance to see Miss Shelby Higgins, who is a phenomenal, phenomenal basketball player. By the way, happy belated birthday. Pretty sure she celebrated one uh, this week but she looked uh, again in almost mid-season form the way she shoots it at such a high level and even Helping her teammates create shots uh, is a huge asset for them. Uh, And then there's a young guard over there uh, by the name of Bailey Blair, Mm -hmm. uh, who if folks, if you hadn't had opportunity to see Bailey Blair play basketball, you are missing out. I'm telling you, she is as She's good as advertised. She's fun to watch, uh, but it's funny how they always talk about your, point guards needing to be extensions of your coaching staff. Uh If you were to listen to Bailey talk to some of her Lady Raiders mid-play and mid-action, she's just getting everybody in the right spot and constantly doing the the right thing and that's what you want as a head coach when you're talking about your point guard and she does a terrific job um, at that And again they have a lot of other integral parts and integral pieces uh, that are going to play a part this season so they're going to be fun to watch i think they're going to shoot the ball really well they're going to defend they're going to rebound and when you do those three things at a high level you set a chance to winning it night.
0: absolutely and you mentioned just those two alone uh bailey blair and shelby higgins that's enough to really kind of carry you Uh, pretty far, and then you toss in a a tenacious defender and rebounder like Caitlin Bass, who's been around for a number of years. Uh, There's a lot of promising pieces uh, for Coach Chad Hall and that Lady Raider bunch as, uh, again, they take on Eagle Bull on the road on Thursday night, and then they are going to play Spring Hill in a uh, neutral site game on Saturday night that will also carry on PCL. Let's switch gears a little bit, and let's talk about the Lady Bobcats now. Uh, Missy Harper stepping away after a great tenure there, a long tenure, uh, but now a chance to revitalize that program a little bit that, let's be honest, had gotten a little stagnant. Uh, help is on the way in terms of up and coming talent, but they bring in Fred Steger, who's a veteran coach in Alabama, uh, having coached in limestone uh, areas for a number of years, but also involved with Hazel Green. And that's really all you got to say if you're talking about uh, pedigree. <laughs> uh, we know the pedigree or caliber of their women's program. What have you seen or liked out of them thus far?
1: Um had a chance to again to see them this past Saturday and then had a chance to talk to um members of the coaching staff, because uh, you mentioned Coach Fred is one of the ones that brought on, but also Khadijah Townsend, Correct. as well as assistant coaches. So I had a chance to talk to Coach Townsend as well, and then get a chance to see him. The biggest thing for those girls is the um, the mindset is beginning to change a little bit, mm-hmm. and how we're going to just show up and, and compete. Because you talked about it, had the program had become a little bit stagnant, uh, and, you, and sometimes can create bad habits and those things. And they've done a good job this summer, and then just this early part of fall of trying to turn some of those things around and really buying into what uh, coach Steger and coach Townsend have been preaching to those ladies and trying to get them to do on a consistent basis, watching them last Saturday over at at Richland just did a lot of things really well defensively. Uh, And again, defensive adjustments and changes when you talk about a program in some cases it's more difficult than offensive stuff yeah uh, because a lot of principles change a lot of uh keys change you're reading different stuff and they're just again trying to learn that process still searching for uh, a couple of pieces and uh, playing and i guess certain girls are going to step up and be what you need them to be Mm -hmm. offensively, defensively. Uh, But Carson Brown is one you're going to hear a lot about as this season continues. She just kind of does it all, shoots it at a very high level, handles it fairly well. Uh, Kaya Gibson is another one that you're going to hear quite a bit about. Just does a lot for those uh, ladies on the offensive end and defensive end you're going to see a lot of stuff that uh, we haven't seen from the Lady Bobcats. That, again, I think we've seen at one point the last, a couple of Saturdays ago they're in a five-out set and there's a young lady on the team by the name of Miss Lily and Lily stands at what looks to be 6'9", 6'8". Mm-hmm. She may not be that tall folks, but she's a tall young lady uh, and she's even out trying to handle it a little bit, put the ball on the floor, making decisions and things of that nature. So again, a lot to look forward with, with that program. Uh, young Anaya Garrett uh, who's going to be yeah. an asset to them. As Had well. a great
0: year last year.
1: It certainly did. She's at a very high level and and I believe the other you got to talk about as a, as a young freshman by the name of Ashlyn Coleman, who was a yeah. rich with Bobcat last season. Um, she just consistently does the right thing. And that's what it's about. When you're talking about playing basketball at a high level, it's, Am I as a coach, they're looking to be able to put girls on the floor that are contributing to your team. And it's not always about putting 40 points on the board or having 25 rebounds. But if you can go out and make your open shots, you can take care of your defensive assignment and rebound the basketball, you're going to find ways to get on the floor because coach is going to look at you and say, I've got to get her some minutes.
0: Yeah, and it's a, a clean slate for everybody. Uh, coaching staff coming in, chance for everybody to potentially uh, get some minutes. Uh, nothing. I uh, spoke to coach in the summary He said, hey, nobody has a starting job just yet. So. Uh, that will be a key to watch and it'll be exciting to watch if nothing else, um, because we don't know what really to expect just yet. So that's that's going to be fun. Uh, let's shift gears now to our uh, boys programs and then we'll get in uh, to the meat and potatoes of high school football coming up a little bit later. Uh, Richland Raiders, Jason Lovelace got another talented squad. They had a great run last year. And they lose a little bit of talent when a guy like Jace Derryberry departs. But, man, they still got some pieces, especially kind of revolving around the big guy, Gage Kirk, in the middle.
1: Yeah, they're going to be fun to watch again. And they're one that, like we talked about earlier with the Lady Raiders uh, and even the Lady Bobcats, uh, really going to hang their hat defensively. Uh, and being able to consistently go out and get stopped, rebound the basketball, uh, those are things that are just that are huge uh, foundational pieces to the mm-hmm. the program that Coach Loveless has built. Uh, again, if you can rebound at a high level, defend at a high level, we're going to put points on the board. We're going to put the ball in the basketball. We've got to do those other two things to be successful. You touched on Engage. Kirk had a chance to watch him up close and personal um, this past Saturday over in Lawrence County. He's a physical ball player, plays at a very high level, uh, and does a good job of getting everyone else involved uh, and making sure that these guys understand what, Raider basketball is about because mm-hmm. they're playing a couple of kids that hadn't had an opportunity to actually be on the floor, have been on the team, but never actually had an actual minutes to be on the floor. So it's going to be fun to watch some of those uh, get a chance to do that and get that opportunity. Uh, another one of those that's absolutely fun to watch, that's Carter Edwards. Yeah. Uh, he's a phenomenal athlete. I think that thing, that's the part that kind of stands out to me more than anything is to watch that young man get up and down the floor get off the floor with his leaping ability. Uh, he just, he, again, plays at a hard level, real hard defender and it seems like every five to seven years we're talking about a different edwards kid but if you ever watch one of them play you see, George, yeah yeah, right. you go you've kind of seen them all play and he's he falls right in that category just a hard-nosed kid that goes out and tries to play uh the game at a high level to the best of his ability and it demands a lot of his teammates uh, again I, i've seen him kind of get into guys a little bit hey we got to pick it up like uh-huh. you, you got to bring it and when you have a team that's able to um, allow everyone to be held accountable. It makes things a lot easier for a coaching staff and for a team to be successful because everybody's trying to compete at the same level.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch Richland, especially because some of those kids now uh, that have had the talent but weren't really required to be leaders, now all of a sudden they're having to do both. Uh, so for me personally, that's going to be uh, what I'm looking forward to watching uh, about the Raiders. Again, Richland's playing uh, Eagle And then they have a big showdown coming up in two weeks versus East Robertson. We're going to do that game on PCL uh, after the Thanksgiving holiday. So that'll be an exciting one. And we close with Giles County questions, uh, just natural questions about Giles County. Everybody in the streets asking, can they go back to Murfreesboro? Can they make a final four run again? And uh, the thing that I'm telling everybody is, well, it's too early to tell, but there are some pieces. There are some exciting things. Giles County, Despite losing uh, some really, really talented players from last year, um, they still got a pretty good little roster coming into 23-24. Yeah,
1: they've got a good group of kids that are returning. They've got a good group of kids that were on the team last year that just – because of who else was there didn't get a chance to showcase any of their talents, any mm-hmm. of their abilities. But um, again, I, to answer that question, can we make it back to Murfreesboro? I believe anything is possible. Yep. Do I do I think that it's too early to call 100% because yeah. you just, you don't know how your season's going to unfold. You don't know what that looks like, obviously for multiple reasons, losing kids, but also going up in classification. Jazz is going to be playing in 3A this year compared to 2A they were in last year. So you got to take all those things into consideration, but they're going to go out and compete. Uh, and try to, again, play at a very high level. They are led um, by J.C. On Coffee, who uh, is going to be a preseason district MVP nominee. Uh, Again, he is he has all the tools, he has all of the capabilities, all the moves, he makes all the he can, he can do it all uh, with the basketball in his hands. And again, it's just going to be a matter of him being able to consistently put good games together and lead these uh, kids. Uh, some of the, the guys that haven't had a chance to play very much, uh, they're going to look to him for that leadership. Kamari Turner is a name that you're yep. going to hear about throughout this season. He's still on the gridiron as a uh, right now but again that season even if we run to Mer- to Chattanooga like we're hoping yeah. um, again you're still looking to get them back early December so uh, he's a name you're going to hear quite a bit about and what he's able to do but one that a lot of us around the county have been super high on and kind of chomping at the bit about is a young, phenomenal freshman by the name of Cason Howard. Yeah. Folks, if you hadn't had a chance to see this kid play, he can absolutely fill it up. He does. He plays at the one spot. He shoots it well. He handles it well. Gets to the basket. Again, there's not a whole lot about this kid's game he doesn't have as of yet. The only thing, the only knock you can put on Cason is the fact he hadn't played high school basketball. Yeah. As of yet. Tore it up at Bridgeforth, though. Absolutely phenomenal career at Bridgeforth. And again, he's kind of picked up this offseason where he left off at Bridgeworth. They went over um, to Ravenwood this past uh, Saturday and he had another good showing over there. So, again, they're super high on this kid and him being able to, uh, again, lead as well. I think mm-hmm. that's been the biggest surprise for a lot of the coaching staff uh, is the amount of um, pressure that he puts on everybody else Mm -hmm. Uh, and a lot of that leadership that you don't expect to see out of a young freshman you see out of case and really trying to become that alpha if you will Uh, and that's exciting for a number of reasons because every team needs that alpha you need that dog that's going to lead but also you got this kid for another three seasons you know what i'm saying (laughs) so even if he doesn't figure out the alpha part now You're talking about three years from now, or even next year. You're looking at a kid that's like understands it, and now you know the sky's the limit. So he's going to be a huge asset. And another guy that's had a big summer uh, for this program, Deshaun Howard. Uh, He Mm -hmm. has been tremendous. Has really kind of sprouted up. He's kind of long. Was a shorter kid this time last year. A little more height on him now. Yeah, he's kind of you know stringing out a little bit and getting a little longer, shooting the ball well. Uh, just kind of doing his job consistently. So those are some kids you're going to see a lot from even before uh, your football players get back. So, again, it's going to be a fun year, exciting year. Uh, I tell everybody all the time, be patient. It's a basketball season is a uh, marathon. It's not a sprint. and You've just got to kind of buy into it and do your job consistently. A lot of people forget uh, that the Jazz County team we've seen from Christmas and beyond Wasn't the same Giles County team we saw from uh, the beginning of the season up until Christmas. So, again, uh, it's a marathon. Hang tight. It's going to be a fun season. Yeah,
0: 100%. And you know as well as I do, uh, we saw it with two teams that go to Murfreesboro last year. There were others, but these two, obviously Giles County and Fayetteville. And those were teams that had great football seasons, smaller schools, but they make a deep run. And it's not just flipping a switch. It took Giles County two, three, maybe even coach Murdoch said in favor almost four weeks to get the team acclimated, but yeah, then they, they kind of get rolling. Uh, so that will be, it's almost like a tale of two seasons exactly. in, a, in a sense for Giles County. Speaking of Kamari and, and the football Bobcats, uh, let's dive into uh, a little bit before we get you out of here, Chris, big game. Uh, I'm trying to figure out. We're broadcasting this on Friday. This is going to be airing during our pregame show as well, so it's almost like we're broadcasting in the future a a little bit, uh, which I kind of am okay with. But uh, (laughs) Migs County, very talented team. Giles County comes in on the heels of a 70-29 to win versus McMinn Central. I don't know about you, but a lot of folks have been coming up to me in the street and they say, what happened to the game Friday? Did Giles County really put up 70 points in a playoff game and I've kind of tried to paint the picture. Yes, they did. Uh, they're playing at a high level. Uh, McMinn Central went for the gusto. We called it on our broadcast. They went for it on fourth down a number of occasions. They had a couple of special teams miscues, but they were actively pressing to try and win the game. And when you press, you leave yourself uh, susceptible for easy points and Giles County cashed in, but 70 points last week. I think it's going to be a lot different tail when they take on Migs on Friday.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a different ball game when we go over there for a number of reasons. Uh This is going to be the first road trip in probably a month for the Bobcats. Mm-hmm. if not a little longer. Um It's going to be arguably one of the longest road trips we've had this season uh, without a doubt. So you take all those things into consideration. Uh You're also looking um, at going over to a team that hadn't lost a ball game this season. Uh, haven't, uh, experienced any of that, uh, the taste of defeat, if you will. So they're looking to stay perfect. They play a totally different style of, of football compared to uh, McMahon that we've seen last week. Again, oh, they're going to want to ground and pound it and three yards in the cloud of dust, you know, old John Madden, boom, pow, you know, type stuff. So again, it's a little different uh, aspect there. We've got to do a better job of controlling the line of scrimmage uh, and really being strong at the point of attack. And I've said it all season long. I'll say it again here. You've got to go out and win one-on-ones. When you're talking about being a playoff football team and winning ball games at this point of the season, there's going to be times where your best player just has to be better than their best player. Yeah. You've got to go out on those occasions one-on-one and go out and win those. Um, had a chance to talk to some of the coaching staff and some of the uh, close family to Amari uh, Smith, uh, who, who is again uh, we didn't see much in that ball game defensively last week, but he's mm-hmm. had a fairly decent week. Looks pretty decent. So looking to get him back there. Caleb uh, Boat's another kid who's going to have to be huge for the Bobcats, and he's been just a madman the last couple yeah. of weeks. No other way to put it, really. That <laughs> they moved him to that defensive end spot. So again, he's got to be huge for uh, the cats, and then you're looking for those linebackers uh, like jack stafford and um the young freshman uh Tate bedford is another one that you've gotta you're looking to have big performances and then we've got to be disciplined in the secondary uh defensively yeah. because a team that likes to run it as much as they do kind of puts you in the mind of a team um that plays at nissan stadium uh every couple sundays the tennessee yeah. titans they, they ground and pound you uh, they want to hit you over the top on play action and stuff so again our guys in the second day just got to be focused, can't get locked in or get put to sleep, if you will, uh-huh. uh, with a lot of that run game. And if we do those things, um, I think we'll be okay. I don't think we'll have trouble putting the ball in the end zone and being able to score it. Uh, but, again, controlling the line of scrimmage, winning one-on-ones, and then priority, you know, I know we're close to the holidays, but Christmas isn't here yet. We can't go over there and play Santa Claus. If we do, uh, it'll be a long drive back. Uh, to Pulaski because we'll be out of the playoffs and makes me going on to the fourth round.
0: Yeah, and that's my takeaway is uh, anytime I see a team that is that talented, they've got 15-plus uh, seniors. I think Coach David O'Connor said 20 seniors. They've won a lot of games. Uh, they've been deep in the postseason uh, for two or three straight years. They're not really going to be intimidated. This may be the first real game that Giles County's played in the postseason where the other team says, okay, we're ready to take your best shot. Uh, but when you hear a run-first team, If Giles County falls behind, that could be dangerous. So GCHS is going to have to try and control the tempo early or establish a lead early maybe if they really want to not be in a super close game late.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. You've got to come out and, again, set the tone. It wouldn't surprise me one bit to see Giles County come out and take uh, the opening possession and being aggressive in that regard because you want to go out and put points on the board, put your defense on the field because you're in a situation if you can – go up two scores against a team that plays as slow if you will uh-huh. uh as they do you kind of put them in a an unfamiliar territory and again having a chance to look at some of their uh, Coach T scores, haven't been a lot of ball games from all indication where they've had to play from behind or where they've trailed or been in a lot of adversity, if you will. So, again, if you can put them in that type of situation early in the ball game, you may get a chance to see a different team than they've been all year long because, again, they just haven't been in that type of atmosphere. The thing that bodes well for Giles County is early in the season, when you're looking at us being 0-2, uh, you're talking about a team, well, are Giles County as good as they think they are? Yeah, are they yeah. as good or you know, is, are they this are they that? Uh, well, two of those losses came. One of those was to Hardin County, who actually just got put out mm-hmm. last week uh, in the second round of the – what 5a 4a 4a, 4A yep. uh, state champ state tournament state playoffs if you will uh, and the other one was page uh who has been a runner up for the last two years uh to my knowledge is still yeah. competing to get back to yeah they, they're
0: still alive they play centennial this friday you know trying to get
1: back to chattanooga so again two talented programs you took early losses to you're saying you know why go over there and do that why play those things well Fast forward to you know Friday night, that's why you go do uh-huh. that. That's why you put yourself in those situations. That's why you play those teams because it prepares you for moments like this because you've seen more talented uh, teams. You've been in situations where things was not as great as you'd like for them to be. Uh, you've had to battle back, and you know what it feels like to be on both sides, and I think that's why uh, the Bobcats do that so that we're ready when playoff time rolls around. Uh, don't know about the strength of schedule for – uh, Meigs County and who yeah. they played and you know things of that nature. So all that's gonna play a huge part in uh, what goes on uh, and but again, Most importantly, we've got to control the line of scrimmage win one-on-ones and don't go play Santa Claus
0: I like your uh, thoughts on that and yeah, that could be the winning recipe uh, for GCHS partner. That's about all we could squeeze in my friend. Uh, <laughs> I told you it was much anticipated and uh, we want you to come back uh, hopefully after a Bobcat win, uh, we'll try and keep stacking these wins with you here this on From the Press Box.
1: Hey, sounds good, man. As always, thank you for having me. It's just super excited. Looking forward to um, the ball game here in, in a little while. Like you said, it's kind of fun. We're broadcasting in the future, if you will. Yeah. So, folks, uh, well, stay tuned. We're going to have a good one. Yeah, for those that are watching
0: this on Thursday, we also run this show on Friday as part of our Pulaski Citizen Live broadcast coverage. Chris and I, as well as our friend Scott Stewart, will be live over in Decatur, Tennessee. If you don't know where it is, don't worry. We didn't either till this week, but you can get (laughs) over there to East Tennessee and look up uh, Meigs County High School. That's where we'll be. Pulaski Citizen Live kicks off our broadcast coverage with this show at 515. A special airtime this week will go live at 515 here in uh, Pulaski. Six o'clock kickoff as we're over there in the Eastern time zone. For Chris Bledsoe, Wade Neely saying, we'll see you in just a moment. We're going to take a final segment here, a final break, I should say, as we get ready to close out another episode of From the Press Box, we'll be back right after this. Thomas Drugs, serving our community since the early 1900s. We're a full-service drugstore in Soda Fountain located in a building on Main Street that is on the National Register of Historic Places. We have a staff of pharmacists with over 70 years of experience, and we are committed to offering the best care and service to our community. We're now offering health care testing and treatment with Positive Results, a one-stop shop. Stop by our pharmacy today or visit our website at net. Welcome back. Time for the final segment. It is going to be a quick one, folks, because, man, we had fun catching up with our guy, Chris Bledsoe. We could talk. I mean, we could fill the whole 30 minutes. Uh, we could fill a whole hour, uh, kind of like with Scott, kind of like with Mark and a lot of folks here in the community. We could talk all day long about our great local programs. And so it was great to catch up with Chris. Looking forward to a great broadcast as Giles County travels to Migs on Friday. Real quick, i got to go over the fearless forecasters from last week. Uh, Up and down week for yours truly. I did make up one game on Mark Mize, and I'm not trying to brag too much, but I did call the Tennessee demise at Missouri. I didn't know that it would be to that extent. Uh, I thought Missouri would come away with the win. And uh, Mark, despite being a noted Missouri fan, he elected to pick Tennessee and uh, so that one went in my favor. On the other side of the equation, though, Carrie Jane Malone, our editor here at the Pulaski Citizen, she was not a believer in the Titans. I was, and that came back to bite me as the Titans kind of laid an egg on the road down in Tampa. So wash it all out. Mark is still in first. Carrie is still in second. I sit there in third. Clara Carter was our winner last week. She only missed one and was close to winning that jackpot. If you go undefeated or pick perfect, as we like to say, this week. If you do not uh, pick perfect, but you are our winner, you get a free car wash courtesy of our friends at Gerald's Auto Body. With that being said, let's go to the games real quick. It's a big week as uh, Tennessee and Georgia are getting ready to play. And I kind of went off the rails. I knew that Mark and Kerry are ahead of me, and I knew they probably were both going to pick Georgia. So I'm kind of taking Tennessee. I don't necessarily think that Tennessee is going to win this game. Uh, I do think they have a chance, but I don't think it's much of a chance. But I picked Tennessee in the co- in the uh, picks this week. Uh, that was just a little gamesmanship to maybe see if I could sneak one in. i got to try something as we come down the stretch here. Also, give me Washington over Oregon State. I'm taking Clemson to knock off North Carolina. I am taking USC over UCLA, although I think that's going to be a game a little bit closer than the experts think. Uh, Missouri should handle Florida. And then give me Miami over Louisville. I'll take South Carolina over Kentucky. Uh, Back to the Pac-12 we go. The band is on the field. The band is on the field. Uh, Give me the Cal Bears as they uh, travel to Stanford. Uh, Don't know that we'll see the band on the field. I think uh, California should run away with that one, and so we won't have that uh, redo from the 80s there. Kansas State in the sunshine uh, or in the sunflower state. There we go. Uh, match matchup there, the rivalry, give me Kansas State over Kansas. Oklahoma appears to be back. They travel to BYU. Not necessarily an easy game, an easy trip by any stretch, but I think Oklahoma has gotten back on track. They win that game. I'm also taking Texas to knock off Iowa State, and I'm taking Purdue in an upset. Uh, kind of surprised that Mark and Kerry went with Northwestern, so Purdue is one that I'm really going to be keeping my eyes on because that is a chance for me to climb up the ladder. Give me Texas Tech over UCF. Also, give me Arizona over Utah. Mark is taking Utah this week. I was tempted, uh, but I think Arizona playing, man, they are playing sneaky good football this year. Been fun to watch. Give me Indiana over Michigan State. I just The Michigan fan in me, it, it's tough to pick the Spartans, folks. Just bear with me there. And then final game of the week, we had to add a few. So we wanted to uh, make sure we had some good ones. Give me SMU over Memphis. Uh, I think that'll be a close game. Memphis has been known to play. Uh, Some of those marquee games uh, or tough games uh, down the stretch. So we'll see. But I think SMU should be able to do that. So you notice no pro games this week. Uh, That is due to our deadlines getting pushed up due to the holiday. So uh, if you pick perfect again, you win 300 smackers. And we'll be off and running uh, in addition with the free car wash courtesy of Gerald's Auto Body. That is literally about all the time we have, folks. A final reminder We've got basketball on PCL Thursday night. We've got football on Friday night. We've got basketball on Saturday night. It has been a busy week for us here, and we're really just kind of getting into the thick of things. Richland travels to Eagleville on Thursday night for hoops. We will also broadcast the Giles County game uh, versus Shelbyville. That game will be at home. And a special broadcast Richland is off our PCL airwaves on Thursday night. We will catch them many, many times throughout the year, but we wanted. Uh, to capture one last local rivalry game. We're going to do Minor Hill and Elkton. Mark Mize will have your broadcast there uh, on Thursday. Friday night, yours truly and Chris Bledsoe will be over in East Tennessee. Scott Stewart will be with us as well. That is going to be the big one. Giles County traveling to Migs with a berth in the semifinals on the line. Saturday night, it'll be a fun one over in Lawrence County. As we close out the week in style, the Richland Lady Raiders will host, or excuse me, Play Spring Hill at Lawrence County, so it's a neutral site game, and that comes your way at 7 p.m. What a great time uh, it has been. We hope you guys have enjoyed another episode of From the Press Box. Thanks to Chris Bledsoe for dropping by. Thank you guys so much for supporting us each and every single week. We wish you a very safe and very uh, festive Thanksgiving Turkey Day week. We will catch up with you real, real soon here on From the Press Box.